Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Tony Dudzik, Pick Guardian. Jared Brandon, Brandon Wild Pickups. Hey, it's me, Todd Novak. Oh man, we're excited to talk to you guys today. Uh, we are having another podcast because that's what we do here at the Guitar Knobs podcast. It's fun. It is super fun. We are super excited. We're glad you're listening. We're glad you're with us. And we've got somebody very special on the line. This is Billy Rowe from Rock and Roll Relics. Yes. Rock and Roll Relics. So for all of you out there who are familiar and have uh, simultaneously drooled alongside of me, virtually, that is, uh, over the Instagram images that come up for the guitars that he's making, this is one that I've been wanting to have on for a long time. And Billy and I have been trying to work this out. So finally, we're doing it. And I'm really excited because man, oh man, oh man, oh man, I like these guitars. They're great. Uh, Billy, where are you calling from? I'm calling from my hometown here in San Francisco. Probably a little cooler out there right about now than it is here in Columbus. Oh, yeah. Is it cooking out there? Yeah, it's a little warm. Eh. It's a little warm. Yeah. And Jared's Humid. a big guy, so he's making this room even warmer. Yeah. So, anyways, we're going to hit on a little bit of biznaz real quick. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Rode Microphones for supplying our awesome audio equipment. Thank you so much. Any is there any other major stuff we want? I want to just give a heads up. We are going to be at NAM, so if you guys are down there or if you're hoping to be there, uh, we hope to see you. Make sure you uh, give us a holler or give us a shout and tell us to come visit you or whatever, and we'll try. We'll do the best we can to hook up. Uh, gentlemen, any other business to cover right now? Oh, what's I don't pun? believe so. Yeah. Okay, excellent. Jared, what's going on in your wor- music world this week, man? Oh, man. So I've been uh, playing guitar and, and just enjoying myself doing that. And I was uh, using my biphase, my Mutron biphase, which I talked about uh, a few podcasts <laughs> Mutron? ago. Mutron? Mutron. Not okay. a Mutron. Mew or Moo? I don't know. Billy, what is it? I don't know. See what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. You could just say it however you want. Yeah. Maybe it's so. MU Tron. But it, it's a really expensive yeah. piece of equipment because they just are. This anyhow, there's <laughs> there's a sweep generator, which is the the top left <laughs> portion of the controls, and I noticed the pot was acting funny. Mm, I hate and, when that happens. Yeah, and it's and it's not <laughs> something I wanted to open up and mess around. Uh, but I did anyway. So when you lift up on the knob, it worked. If you press down real hard on the knob, it worked too. But if you just left it alone and you wiggled it around, it was like at a, a real fast whoa, 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 whoa. And I'm sorry, I can't describe it any yeah, better than just good. making the sound. It's like, like the Three Stooges. Right? Well, like the like the pop was, uh, the potentiometer was uh, shortening out. Uh, so what I did was I, I cracked the thing open. <laughs> <laughs> and so it had vegetable grease in it. <laughs> I don't know what. <laughs> whatever it is, I cleaned it out. Tony's dying over here. It, I, I did three rounds of spraying it, and and you know when you clean a pot, you just you just twist it around and stuff. So I did like three or I did that like three or four times, and finally it stabilized. What'd you use? 
Uh, the Oxit? No, it was a, it's a really expensive can of contact cleaner. I got it at the yeah. hardware store. Try Deoxit. Okay. Okay, anyway. Well, anyhow, it, it works, so I was, I'm really happy. That's that cleaned up. And everything's cool now, right? Yeah. Cool. All right, yeah. now you got to go back and get all that shortening out of you. <laughs> <laughs> Hate when shortening gets in yeah. there. Billy, what's going on in your music world, buddy? Uh, well, I got a lot of stuff going on, actually, besides, you know, doing my daily builds of guitars. So I could go off on that rant on stuff that I'm doing on the other end of music. So Yeah, we'll get into the building in a, in a little bit. What, what's going on in your personal uh, Well, I got my band from way back in the 80s that still plays around. And we uh, and what just band finished is up, that? Uh, Jet Boy. Well, that's a cool name. Uh, mm-hmm. fitting for what you're doing. Yeah. I like that. I think so. That's cool. Yeah, it's like we you formed in like 83 or whatever. We just finished off a new record. Nice. Is it, where, where do you have it posted? Uh, it's not out yet. It's, it's coming out. It's on this label frontiers records out of Italy. They put out a lot of eighties bands like white snake and Def Leppard. And cool. Uh, they, they did the last Ellie guns record and approached us to do a record. So oh, that's cool. Oh, that's rad. Uh, we're pretty pumped up about it. It's uh, it's not coming out till January, but they're going to release a song in August. So for the last, you know, starting last year, it was a lot of writing and, you know, life was pretty busy and it's still just getting all the artwork done and doing video and just nice. It's pretty, yeah, pretty excited. You know, it's super fun when you get all in, up all up in that. Uh, yeah, involvement. It, yeah, it's good. We got some shows coming out. We're yeah, I was going to say, are you playing any shows? And- yeah, we're just doing a, a one. We do a lot of this fly-ins and these festivals. So we're doing something in Denver, and then we're going to England to do uh, this Hellfest festival with the Backyard oh, yeah. Babies and LA Guns. And then we're going to do a couple dates with LA Guns through, uh, through England and then come home. And next year, the album comes out, and then we do that Monsters of Rock cruise, which should be... <laughs> a trip <laughs> really well, just this little thing i'm Big working time. on yeah, my wife loves cruises man i'm gonna have to hit her i've never been on it but some of my favorite bands are gonna be on this one it's not so much of a cheese cruise it's uh <laughs> gonna be pretty cool so that's rad wrote, hell yeah yeah well make sure you draw you you, you throw up uh, that link on our um on our facebook group so we can all kind of hear what you're doing man that'd be cool yeah i'll be posting a bunch of stuff pretty soon you know on the wreck we got uh Chris Shiflett from the Foo Fighters played a solo on the record, and uh, nice. he's an old fan of the band from when he was a kid. So that's killer, pretty, man. Yeah, super cool, awesome. super cool. Boy, yeah. uh, Tony, you want to follow that one up? Yeah, that's a tough act to follow. Good luck. <laughs> uh, I'll be touring uh, Europe this month. No. <laughs> <laughs> the Pickard show. Yeah, I've got all the Pickards. I'm skipping Europe and hitting Japan. <laughs> that's right. We're playing Budokan. Yeah. You may have heard of it. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Well, that's pretty cool. No, I. you know, today I had one of the most pleasant surprises. Um, so let me, let me. Uh, it still works. <laughs> I'll I'll edit that. (laughs) Put it at the end. Wow. Okay. I mean, I'm old, but not that old. Um, So, a couple of weeks back, a a guy orders the wrong pick guard for a Rickenbacker. Okay. Mm -mm. And then I get, I send it out. I get this somewhat nasty email back. This doesn't fit. And then. Almost immediately, he realized that he ordered the wrong pick card. And I get this less, uh, more apologetic. So, oh, I realized that I, I, I did the, I ordered the wrong guard. Do you think you could possibly send me the right one? And I'll send this one back. 
So I get this, and luckily I opened the last one first because otherwise I'd have been got to burr up my, you know. Yeah, sure. But uh, but anyhow, so he sends back the one, and I said, oh, no problem, I'll get you another one, the right one out to you. So he actually sent you back what you sent him. Yes. Isn't that great when that happens? Well, I, I like <laughs> when he does that, you know. And, and then so, uh, so I sent it out. I let him know I shipped this one out, and he says, well, just let me know what I owe you. And um, so I get the other one back, and I said, well, you know, he went to the time and expense to send the thing back. So I wrote him back. I said, hey, let's just call it even. And he writes back. He said, oh, that's, that's great. I really appreciate that. I'm going to send you some stuff from my work. Oh. So I had no idea who he works for. But today I get home, and there's this giant box of Cliff Bar. Uh, you know, <laughs> what? Like, what? You, know, go, you know what Cliff Bars oh, are? Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> They're healthy bars. They're healthy what bars. What are you going to do with them? I, I use them when I pump iron, man. I'm <laughs> yeah. riding my bicycle do my triathlons. Right. I use them just to walk. <laughs> I use them just to walk. I went to the mailbox so, and the cliff bar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this giant box of cliff bars is sitting there, and I'm saying, who is this from? And then I go back through my emails, and I say, oh, this is the guy. And um, and so, you know, I was just pleasantly surprised because as a small business owner, Jared, I'm sure you know, Billy, you probably do too. These pleasant surprises are so few and far between. Oh, I know it, man. That, yeah. uh, you know, you'd kind of relish the moment. It's like but, solid uh, gold. So I had two Cliff Bars today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. I'm all wired up. Uh, yeah. I'm full of protein. Uh, you, <laughs> you, you are riding the, the lightning a little bit. Good for you, right man. Seriously. So, so that was cool. So a big shout out to uh, Bobby over at Cliff Bar. Yeah. Way to handle it. I appreciate it. I sent him, I sent him a note that's back, a class too. act. That's class. Lucky duck. Yeah. <laughs> so there you have it. That's fantastic. Todd, oh. what's been going on in your world? Yeah, Ooh, doggies. Um, well, I just keep playing the uh, back and forth game between. Uh, so I bought a Fender Blues Deluxe at a at a at a show recently, and for no reason, good reason at all, I really didn't need to. But um, it, I know the it, reason why. It was a really awesome price. It was a really awesome price because it also came with an extra extended ca- an cab. extra extended an cab. Yeah. yeah. Uh, matching tweed and everything. It's now it is the the hot rod deluxe made cab, but they look identical, and they're and that is meant to use be, for either one of those. And I'm just trying to figure out tone wise, like is this what I want to do? I'm so torn because it just has this extra character that my current amp I don't know if it has, but it's lacking this other one. So I just I keep going the back and forth game, and I don't know what I'm going to do, and it's a, just a big situation you need a pvtnt <laughs> yeah. yeah that's what i get need. a pv windsor i need a wall of crates yeah. <laughs> the old the original the old ones with the, ones. Yeah. with the yeah. crate with looking the crate boxes <laughs> yeah now you're talking um you hope to hopefully i'll have some awesome new stuff to talk about next next episode i hope so i, know. I hate referring back to old ones but it's you know that's what i'm dealing with so there Alrighty, um, that is uh, <coughs> oh, one, two, one, two, three, four on the floor. Okay, Billy, give us your four on the floor. All right. Uh, well, for a guy, first off, is not the mad pedal guy. My basic stuff, I'm pretty simple. I don't really rotate many pedals, but that's cool. I always got a reverb pedal on, just so I get like 
if you listen to Highway to Hell and you hear the intro, just that da 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 da, and then you hear that little reverb in there. I like that on all my rhythms. Uh-huh. <clears throat> um, so I keep that set to just very simple. What pedal using, are you using? Uh, yeah, duh. Uh, the uh, MXR reverb, the new one, the M300. Yeah, I used to use the Boss one, and that one's good too, but I switched over to this, and nice. it's so simple of a reverb. It's, probably. it's one of the better reverbs out there that I think just kind of go under the radar because it it's not as flashy, and it's mm-hmm. made by a you know sort of a, a company that has been around a while, so people usually want, you know, gravitate towards newer, more complicated things, but... That's a really mm. great sounding reverb. Yeah, I like it. So when you're using reverb, you, you're you're keeping it to a, is it like an always on thing? You're using it for effect or? I, I keep it always on. I mean, I'm, I, you know, what I do is just rock guitar playing, a lot of rhythm and I just, something to kind of just give a little air behind the tone, you know? So I keep it on pretty, you know, always. It's just like one of the main ones. I'm just basically, I just leave it on. What's next? Uh, next, well, in no particular order, I have been using the, uh, Schaefer Vega, uh, replica pedal, the, uh, Solo Dallas. It's basically, uh, well, he re-engineered the, uh, the Schaefer Vega wireless from the seventies and all the bands were using back then. And he's a big ACDC nut as so am I. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and it turns out that Angus recorded from Poweridge up to uh, Back in Black with this wireless. And when he discovered, when he found or used an old one and he, you know, did his scientist work of tone, he discovered that that was like the magic little. So a wireless. Mm-hmm. So this isn't a wireless. It's a pedal that the, the wireless had basically a little bit of an overdrive in it. Yes. You know, and had a volume where you can get your signal and everything. I've and heard of that. Now I've heard. Yeah, of, I've heard of guys switching different wireless uh, units mm-hmm. just because of the tone alone. Yeah, I mean, you so don't, the, he you don't basically think about that, but no, you don't. And especially back then, and he, so basically, he replicated the wireless what it did into a pedal. That's pretty. So cool. it's basically a clean drive, and it, it, if you're into that tone and you got your amp in the right setup, and you hit this pedal, it it's it's pretty awesome. It's, it really takes you to that place. A lot of people are using them. He's got all the hotshot rock guys and using this pedal right now. So wow. I'll either use it on, or I can actually use it as, as a slight boost, or I could just keep it on. And it just kind of kind of like a preamp. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. That's pretty much what it is. Yeah. Cool. Okay. I have not heard of that. I'll have to investigate really? that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. And if you're familiar, if you're familiar with that wireless way back, you know, all my heroes used them and a lot of those live records were the records that broke those bands back in the seventies. So there was something to be said for what they were using. It's interesting that they would have used, uh, essentially they used a wireless in the studio. Well, Angus did. That was the only thing that he used. He would basically, you know, when they were doing uh, back in black, I guess that's what, I guess it was Tony Platt, the engineer said, what's different that you're not doing right now to capture the tone? He says, well, I use a wireless live and I've used it before on previous records. Ah. And, or maybe it was when they did Highway to Hell because it was with Mutt Lang. Yeah, supposedly like all those records. I mean, it's the stories you hear from the engineers that worked on it, so. Pretty cool. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm a, I'm a fanatic for that tone, too. It's kind of like big... the same concept uh, as like a, a dead bat pedal. 
You know, mm-hmm. it, it's you're you're chasing something that's you know done maybe accidentally, and but that's yeah. that's pretty awesome. You chase yeah, the yeah. Tone sometimes those <laughs> those accidents are sometimes the magic. Oh yeah. So what's uh, what's number three? And then the other one would be another uh, drive. I'll use that uh, line boost drive, that custom audio electronics MXR, the Tom Bradshaw one. Okay. I'll just use use that for again for just some. I'll usually have that one for a little more of a, a little more kick for solos and stuff. Right. Right. Um, are you uh, are you typically playing uh, rhythm or solos, or or you do both, or? Um, I do both, but mo- mostly rhythm. It depends. Like with Jet, my band Jet Boy. Um, it's all originals and, uh, I was strictly the rhythm player and slide player. Mm. Oh, cool. <clears throat> and then I do have another band called the Butlers, which is a bunch of friends of mine locally. And we just do, we're a cover band. We're basically like a classic rock radio show, but we play, we don't play all the hits. We play like deep stuff from Alice Cooper and cheap trick and oh, wow. nice. kiss the sex pistols, the Ramones and Nick Gilder and thin Lizzy UFO and, Elton John, it's like all over the map, you know. <laughs> oh wow, Def, Def Leppard. <laughs> Names and, you don't often hear in the same sentence. Elton John, <laughs> yeah, Elton John. You, know. you guys got a key player, right? <laughs> keyboard player. What's that? A keyboard player for Elton John. Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. sweet. So in that in that band, I'll do you know I do more solos in that band with the other guitar player. Right. So so what stuff. is what is that particular pedal doing for you? That maybe something. Have you tried other ones or? I've tried other ones. I, you know, I can't even remember all the different ones from, you know, I, I know a lot of the boutique and the newer stuff, but I don't have a lot of it, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, um, I was never really a big fuzz pedal guy. You know, there's a lot of that out there, but boost stuff. Uh, I think the last one I used was a love pedal. Mm. Um, but I just, I, did, I like to keep my tone really simple and just, I don't really like it to change much when I'm take it to a solo. Just want it to kind of just get to that next level or so no pop. ring modulation. <laughs> no. <laughs> no <flasher. Right. laughs> yeah. Cool. All right. Well, that's yeah. totally, that's, that's, uh, is this, is this a pedal that you've had for like a long time or is no, this I haven't had for a long time. It's one of the, it's what I'm using the last couple of years. I've again, like I switched around like the last one was, uh, that one of the love pedals. Right. Very cool. Cool. What's yeah. number four? And my other one, which I've always used because I use it for slide guitar, is my Boss Octave pedal. And I just set it to that, if you're familiar with Joe Perry, when he does Draw the Line, that's the big thing. He uses an octave pedal, and Ace Freely used to use an octave pedal, and those are two of my big heroes. And so it just kind of thickens things up and gives it that just a little more oomph on the, on the, uh, on the tone. For slide, just kind of fattens it up. And so every I'll single one that. of us in our head just went da 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 da. da. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the one he used it on, you know. Yeah. But it really make it, I like it a lot. It makes a big difference for me, like when I'm playing slide. So, so that's what's cool. what's what's your main rig in terms of amps and and guitars? Uh, the last couple of years, I've been I've had a D- Friedman Dirty Shirley. I've been using. Okay. Um. Yeah. And then uh, basically a 412 Marshall with 65s in it. Cool, cool. The, that that dirty shirt probably, is that uh, is that like 100 watt head? It's a, it's a it's like it's a 45 watt actually. Oh, yeah. 
Perfect. I guess for some reason I thought you'd be hauling out the like the the, 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 the big monster hundred watt or something. <laughs> I, yeah, I used to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I used to be all hundred watt, you know, and that was oh, the last man. one I did use was my Marshall to like a seventy seventy eight. Yeah. Oh wow. You know, JMP. But the uh, the Dirty Shirley's great. The forty five. I mean, you know, a lot of people use the ATM forty fives in the fifties, like. Angus used. Yeah. Well, and then you, and then you, you actually are getting, I'm assuming you're, you're able to get some actual drive out of directly out of your amp. If you've, you know, yeah. you can push it that far depending on how big the club is, but yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's cool, man. I mean, um, that's been my main rig for years. I mean, I've had Marshalls and you know, I've, I had one of the early Soldanos cause when my band jet boy was recording the first album in the eighties, his shop was like right down the street. We oh, all yeah. became good friends. That's before he became who he is today. <clears throat> That's the only other amp I really used other than a Marshall and now this Friedman. So. How about in terms of, I'm, I'm assuming you use your own guitars. What, which ones do you normally uh, Yeah, I use my own guitars. Um, for years, for th- through the old years, I was a Gretsch guy. White Falcon, that was my tone. And then I have one of the Malcolm signatures. Yeah. I'd use for years and then I'll use, I have one of my Starfighter models I like that I use. Um, and I like the Blackheart, which is like the Melody Maker style one. I use that actually mm-hmm. on the whole new Jet Boy record. Um, well, the Starfighter's not far off. It's just pretty dang close. Yeah. Yeah. I like a Starfighter. What color are you, is yours? It's like a gold top gold, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, the one I, the one I have now is the one that Tracy Guns has been using for a while. And um, Bill X is using one right now. He's got one out that. Wow. Bon Jovi, you know, but other than that, I've been, and I have a Travis Bean, which I, that was my main slide guitar for years. Um, but that thing's too heavy. So that sits in the case <laughs> in the corner. Dig it, man. Yeah. Uh, but that's about it. I'll bring, you know, I always test drive guitars too when I can. Sure. Well, don't have to worry about the dinging them. the litter. <laughs> yeah. And I have to, you know, get some more dings in it. It's not a big deal, right? Yeah, exactly. Bring them all. <laughs> Just drag them across the stage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, so uh, that's a good segue because for those who may not be familiar with Rock and Roll Relics, um, I mean, the, the name kind of says it all. Basically are creating and or recreating um, original and um, I guess you could say homage guitars. Uh, to some of the famed ones of our rock and roll heroes. And you kind of specialize in having them look like they've been played in the clubs by those guys for an awful long time. I absolutely love looking at what you have. Every time something new comes up on Instagram from, you know, from you, I'm I'm gushing on. I love these things. Cool. Um, one of the reasons that I wanted to get you on, aside from just saying, well, I like a guitar, they're really guys nice <laughs> look at her, super cool. <laughs> Chris Farley. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I kind of turn into that person every single time, but, you that know. That was awesome. Yeah, exactly. Those are awesome. So what do you want to talk about? <laughs> uh, I, this is, you, you, you're kind of doing something that is original in a sense that, you know, there's, there's several people that are doing relicy stuff, but there are a few that are known for it. Um, I think there's maybe only a you know two or three that are like are you could say quick name three builders that excel in relic guitars. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're definitely uh, up there at the top of the list. 
the key is you're taking it a step further and being pretty blatant about like, hey, this is based on a guitar we know and love um, mm. and then expanding on that. So we want to find out from you sort of like, how did you get into that game and mm. what was that ride like and what brought you to uh, that ultimate decision? So starting with like, how did you get kicked up in music to begin with and with guitars and stuff? Uh, well, for me, it was, you know, of course, getting into music, you know, my generation, however you want to say it is, you know, mid mid seventies, you know, I was just completely infected by kiss and Aerosmith and cheap trick and Elton John and Queen and the Bay city rollers in the seventies, all that. Okay. But Ace Freely was my, was my first real, just like, holy Okay. I need to do that. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, guitar God. Mm -hmm. And just from that point on, I just, you know, got in guitar. I got a few clunkers, you know, my early Memphis guitar that I bought off a good friend of mine who today is still one of my best friends who turned me on to guitar and a lot of music. Um, and I always got into tinkering with guitars and by the, you know, high school, I was always in the wood shop and, you know, I got through school basically by, you know, the art side of school, um, you know, grade school and high school. Cool. And in wood shop, I built a guitar, you know, from scratch at the whole nine yards. And Do you still um, have it? Uh, I still have the body. Yeah, actually I do. Yeah. It's Ooh. a star. Yeah. You know, like the Charvel star shape, you know, oh, yeah. Van Halen. <laughs> so this was probably 1980, I guess, is when I did yeah, it, man. which was the peak of Van Halen. And, you know, so that, he, I mean, he's the guy who influenced me of like building a ta- guitar and then throwing parts and th- swapping pickups and destroying guitars that are worth, you know, a sh- okay. load of money now. Um, and then it just went on from there. I got into music, as in playing music and you know, my band at an early age, I, I moved to LA, you know, at like the age of 19. And, you know, it was, it was my band, Jet Boy, Guns N' Roses, Poison, LA Guns. We were all playing the clubs together and hung out and partied and it was a lot of fun. And after those years went by, I basically, there was no money in the pockets. I just started to figure out what the hell I'm going to do. And I just started seeing this, you know, boutique things starting to happen at, at the real infant stages of it. <clears throat> you know, the internet comes up and blah, 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 and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. I just started, you know, building guitars and it just kind of, it just kind of just started rolling into what I'm doing now. You know, I'm still figuring stuff out. <laughs> what, what did you start with? Uh, well, I started with back with like, you know, replicating tallies and strats and stuff, what everybody was doing. Uh-huh. Um, there was a big handful of people who were doing stuff like that and just what selling stuff on eBay and with what some geo cities website or something. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's a throwback, <laughs> you know, I mean, it was, you know, it was back AOL. then, you know, <laughs> I mean, when I started doing that, I was like, I restored a couple of vintage guitars I came across. And, um, when I moved back from LA, I started, I was a guitar tech for Chris Isaac and oh, cool. I just started, uh, getting into collecting stuff, you know, eBay started and all that. And I just, mm-hmm. It just kind of slowly happened. I sold stuff on eBay and then I just said, you know, ah, let's come up with a name and a website. And it just, I just came up with rock and roll relics. You know, rock and roll has been my life. And um, I got into this thing that got coined relics and uh, it just got, it started building from there, you know. But I don't think it was really till like I started doing like set neck stuff, you know, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that I really kind of like took a step in my own direction. 
<clears throat> I feel like I, I see like myself and there's like Scala and uh, Cower. We we're kind of the guys who kind of like started going in a different direction of like vintage looking guitars that, uh, you know, with our own twist to it. Right. And that's when really things just started happening for me where started getting more attention and things started just kind of build up more. I'm still figuring things out before that. And, um, yeah. And now it's, uh, it's rolling. Was there a specific model that, that you saw the, uh, the chart kind of spike, uh, along the road like that, that really sort of, uh, elevated your position in the guitar world and, or allowed you to then say, Oh wow. Okay. Um, I was making these two models, but now I can make 10 different models. Uh, yeah, I think it has to go with my thunders model. My double cut and single cut slab board junior style is when it really just, you know, started, started moving faster and bigger for me. Right. Cause you know, there's not that I'm the only one who was doing there's other people doing it, but you know, you know, the thunders model is big Johnny thunders fan. Nobody was going to do a signature Johnny thunders guitar. And I'm like, I'm just going to do this and hats off to one of my guitar heroes, Johnny right. thunders. And, uh, I for those who there, don't know, just really quick, Johnny thunders, yeah. original guitar player in New York dolls went on to right. Johnny thunders and heartbreakers. Exactly. And, um, an innovator. Yeah. Yeah. And famously played the the double cut, the, the Gibson double cut junior. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He always, he always played a TV model. Yeah. It was always yep. the TV and he's had probably from what we've counted, probably t 10 different ones. Yeah. Mo they all had some embellishment that, that was kind of, he was, he seemed to be one of the first guys that was, that was like putting stickers and stuff on it. That was at a high, at, at as high as level as it, as he was on a sort of a world stage kind of a thing where that's mm -hmm. always been sort of reserved for the, the teen, the teenagers playing in the garage and stuff. But the, here, here was a, here was a rock hero going, no, this is a big thing. I'm going to stick on my guitar. I just <laughs> didn't really see that much. Right. No, nah, you didn't see that much on anything like that. And those, those guitars were just used guitars back then too. Yeah. For oh, sure. You know, I always saw that. I mean, the juniors, a lot of the big rock guitar heroes, had those back in the day because they were the inexpensive guitars, you know, the student guitar, and that's all those guys can afford back then. They but that uh, just sound really. That great. was like the big influence for me is is just once I started doing that model, it really kind of just shifted for me. So when you're saying shifting, like what kind of a shift are we talking about? Like you, like give us an idea of what your world was like building around that that era. Well, I, th I think it, the shift for me, it, it basically separated, separated me from a lot of people that, you know, we're doing like the basic, you know, Tally and Strat, Jazzmaster yeah. stuff, which, which we do and I love and it's great stuff, but I needed to do something that kind of just, you know, step out of the box and just kind of brand my own thing that yeah. not a lot of people were doing. Well, I imagine something that it did do, I'm going to put myself into this position right now. So I'm assuming that others, you know, early on, uh, you know, I, pro I think I probably found you a lot later in the game. I think the, the uh, Chinese rocks model was the first one I saw. And I was like, whoa, what, what is this? Who, what, what that made me think of was not necessarily, oh, this seems to be somebody who's just making that one guitar because I immediately was like, well, what else has he got? Right. And as you start to look at the different models that you're doing, you can, they're not necessarily all blatant, like, Oh, here's, uh, 
here's the Steve Jones model. You know, it's right. there. It's not that they're signatures as much as homages, no. which makes you go like, Oh man, I can imagine what if, uh, my sort of guitar hero's guitar was done by this guy. What would that look like? Or what if I built my own that was an homage to that homage? You know, that's where my head right. went. Anyway, that's an awful lot of homages. That's a lot of homages. <laughs> a lot of homages. <laughs> I don't know what the plural of an homage is. Like a like a murder of ravens or whatever. You know, yes. a, a large mm-hmm. group of. Yeah, that's a very fascinating topic. By the way, if you want to go down a rabbit hole of finding out what. Uh, groups of animals are called it's actually pretty fascinating but that's <laughs> yeah. a different podcast so <laughs> yes i don't yeah, know what a group of gibsons is <laughs> it's a murder yeah, of gibsons, <laughs> gibsons. <laughs> yes <laughs> or a bankruptcy oh, of gibsons. oh geez Tony, (laughs) too soon. Uh, Anyway, so are you building these and just saying, I'm going to build this model and then you put it up and then I'm, are you dictating what you're building or are you at a point where you're building what orders are coming in? Uh, It's actually both right now. So a lot of orders, the majority is orders coming in, but then there's a lot of, dealers that we have now that just say we want this model this model this model and two of these we want cherry and one tv and the other ones do what you want to do come up with something oh that's cool yeah which is cool for me i i love that you know sometimes it's more challenging because i just pick pick a color but um it's fun because there's a it's and it's an endless uh yeah you know box to go down you know to go into it's like there's endless stuff to well, especially since you're not just talking about a color or a shape, you're talking about a treatment and sometimes even a personalization factor that uh, you can chase as well. Um, you know, I imagine with anybody that has a guitar of note, there's all kinds of things that you can, you know, once you have that one, you can probably do many around that that are nods to that to where it doesn't feel like it's the exact guitar, but you kind of have it it's kind of like that guitar which is right yeah you a lot exactly of freedom um mm-hmm. is there is there a favorite model that you enjoy doing the most uh not not really you know i mean they all you know if i'm doing like a bunch of thunders models and then and then that shifts over and i'm like oh i'm doing some of the you know the richards which is my telly style and i start doing a few of those it's it's nice to take a break and freshen up on something different but Right. It goes in such a circle that it's just like they're always constantly rotating through me, but they're all fun. I just love, I love getting into the creative part of the, the aging and just giving it its own look and, and just having it have that broken in feel, you know, when you pick it up and play it. And, uh, that, that's my big part of what I do, even though I do a lot of the other stuff as well, but yeah, and it's to each his own, you know. Some people like the relic stuff. Some people are haters of it, and it's like, well, whatever. It's just like, just like music and anything else and food, you know. Yeah, so. we had we had an early episode uh, when we first started the show out, and we were talking about relic guitars and about mm. you know, yay or nay. What do we think about them, etc. And w- w- the argument that we were having was, um. It stemmed from me going to a to a local guitar shop, which basically sold you know only used guitars. Like it was kind of a turnover place, 
a, right. a glorified pawn shop, if you will. And there was a, there was a series of guitars that there were clearly brand new that had been like heavily relicked and then and then sealed. <laughs> And I was uh-huh. like, what the hell is this? Like, who? Do you, what kind of a dummy do you think I am? Like, That's it, funny. It, this it was really wasn't really screwy. And they were all ex- relic exactly in the same way. And so that like kind of infuriated me for whatever reason. I was like, rah, rah, right. I can't do that. Rah, rah. So then we started talking about the relics. But uh, I will say that um, in that conversation, we said, yes, but somebody like Rock and Roll Relics is doing this really well and that was one of our first uh, shows actually so. and that and that was right. always one of my gripes with the fender joe strummer telecaster yeah they it's they did a, such one. a horrible job i mean and it Unreal. looked like it was all pre-planned they might as well silk screen the yeah. the, the the whole front and back of the thing yeah i know jet printer yeah that was I mean, depressing <laughs> well and, and that's also like i I'm sure that this is this is a good like sort of segue into how you approach these I guess <laughs> signature guitar relics where it's like there are probably some that's like no you don't do that one cuz right. like Joe Strummer's guitar mm-hmm. you don't do that one that one right. is you don't touch that you don't redo it mm-hmm. you know but because that was there was only one, right? So it's yeah. not like you only you you, you can say, oh, he had a he had a whole bunch of them, and he kind of did this applique to like uh, all of them. So that gives you a little bit more freedom, I would mm-hmm. imagine. How, how do right. you how do how do you deal with some of that with requests that you get? Um, well, it depends on the request, you know. I mean, I mean, I, I don't really get a lot of like the replica stuff. I mean, that was pretty hot a few years back, you know the the Jeff Beck Esquire, and you know clapton blackie and all that and but I, I don't really get a lot of stuff like that it's really kind of fallen into my own thing now where people just want me to do what i do oh okay you know I, which is cool and you know i mean it's there's a lot there's a lot of other guys out there that do great work that i'm fans of too and it's just you know but then there's the people that are doing the aged relic stuff that's just you know it's like scratch your head you know yeah i kind of share that enjoyment uh on a smaller scale because i I do that with pickups. That's what I do every day. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Wait, so you make pickups? <laughs> you make pickups. <laughs> I think I do. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, I got the T-top thing going. I got the, you know, I'm one of the many PAF guys and whatever, but it, that's not what I'm talking. I'm, I'm just talking about the enjoyment here. Having a customer call you and say, wow, man, these look like these are, you know, 40 years old and, and just enjoying the fruits of your labor kind of thing. Uh, for the people who do enjoy the relic look. I mean, some people have an everyday uh, job that they go to and they don't have time to play full time to get an actual relic out to, you know, to yeah, that age the guitar years. out themselves. And it takes, you know, all day playing to get it, you know. So I think, you know, an outlet like this is just perfect to just, you know, buy a guitar that represents one of your favorite artists that, you know, have that, that has that old aged feel to it. I think that's, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, so yeah, I kind of share that enjoyment on a smaller scale. I just wanted to comment. So, so without giving away too many trade secrets, can you kind of briefly describe your, your, your aging or relicking process? Uh, well, I, we start everything. It says it's pretty much buffed out, brand new looking, you know, mm-hmm. like yeah. take everything to the, 
to the new new you know where it's brand new looking and then just kind of take it back and yeah that's which i don't know there's all kinds of little techniques that you use but it's it's just a lot of just kind of time is your main technique yeah right well let me let me dig into that a little bit tony i think if you are trying to achieve um i guess maybe how have you gone about coming up with some of the has that has that been like a process in itself like maybe a, a, a lot of discovery and like um trial and error or like uh, you know can you without again without giving away your the, the secret sauce that mm-hmm. you're doing like uh, can you tell us about how you came to be able to do successful relics because I, i'm sure there are certain things that absolutely work and a whole bunch that don't right yeah i mean there's a lot of trial and error of course you know and sometimes the big oops is what is the best, you know? <laughs> so, um, there's been plenty of those, you know? So, uh, you know, I, I, I like to just really kind of, I've always studied like old vintage guitars, just growing up with them and just looking at photos and just kind of eyeballing stuff. And, you know, kind of taking, it's like, well, how is this happening? A lot of this finish is disintegrating because it's lacquer and it's, you know, it's a chemical reaction when it's sitting in the case with the old lining that was in some of these old cases. And, yeah. The starts smell. getting brittle and drying and some of it just flakes off, you know, and then a lot of it is, you know, like I always say, if you see an old um, vintage guitar, as they're called now, beat to hell, well, that's probably a great playing guitar because sure. that's why it looks like that. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. when you see a real shiny new one, it's just like, well, that didn't get much love. It sat under a bed because nobody connected with it, you mm-hmm. know, and we all know guitars and amps you know you connect with stuff and you know so um i I try to just kind of like take it like in a and you know sped up version of how how it would be done in the old days it's not you know that's why i'll take one out and play it a little bit and sometimes it does add a little buckle rash to the back you know i still wear stud belts that that are you know that are going to dig into the to the guitar and stuff though um and there's, there's other little tools that I'll just try and, you know, you get down to like files or whatever and you just see, see how they work Oh yeah. and see if it's going to get the wear pattern that you want. Um, how about in terms of the, the componentry of, I mean, are, are you, uh, I mean, do you start off with, with raw wood? Are you working with, uh, some, some other components that are either pre-made or whatever? No, everything's, pre- everything's cut to order. You wow. know, we, 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 yeah, it's like, how, have you had, like, tr- have you had trouble sourcing, decent wood <laughs> uh luckily no there's been a couple little you know you know getting a little slowing down a little bit because you know i like to get the light as possible and everybody fights for that one um but so far so good you know that we've been able to keep that steady you know that's cool but everything's raw you know a lot like i have my lp style but it's my own shape it's altered mm-hmm. for, oh. you know are, are you doing more uh, like, you know, hand cuts or, or, or router cut things or CNC or? It's or all CNC. All CNC. Yeah, it's all CNC. I work with two companies that, you know, of course they don't say, but they cut a lot of other people's that are way bigger than me's <laughs> wood. <laughs> so, but basically we get everything raw. I do a lot of routing with just edge routing and rounding edges and I do all the binding work and mm routing the binding shelves and, you know, gluing up the neck and 
Oh yeah, I all mean, the fun stuff that people all think are the just stuff. super easy. I mean, yeah. I've been yeah, I've been binding bodies for two days straight. As far as uh, building, what's what's your biggest challenge? What model do you think is is your biggest challenge? Uh, well, you know, like the, the, any the carve top, you know, my heartbreaker. Th- those are always, you know, those are. You know, I got it downward. I can move pretty fast with it, but you know, I'm, I got it. I'm a super anal stuff and then detail. And so I want that binding and that neck heel into the neck to be just perfectly smooth. And like yeah. where this just flows nice, there's no gaps in the binding. So it's like that a lot of that, when you do binding, you got to really pay attention to detail. And I use lacquer. So it's not like a urethane or a poly that a few coats and it's like three inches thick, you know, where it covers mm-hmm. it all up. That's <clears throat> but probably the most challenging we really we got the new hollow body model with it was a lightning model so it's basically like a 335 but it's of course a little bit different it's got uh lightning bolt f holes and just those alone are just a lot of work you know just because it's a hollow body and just doing the finished work and, pretty sharp know. corners man pretty sharp mm-hmm. points that's pretty cool Mm-hmm. I can't tell. Are the are the f holes bound too, or they're not bound? No, I mean that's something. Oh, come that'll on, happen. get on it. Let's go. I know. <laughs> slice. That will be that will be the next thing. So maybe I'll call you to slice me up some plastic for that. <laughs> there you go. You got it. You got it. <laughs> on, on the challenge note, um, obviously when you're doing these relics, each style of guitar, each body, um, each component, I'm sure, uh, you know has different characteristics that provide that, 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 that produce um, different obstacles. As far as when you are sitting down and saying, okay, I have this guitar and now I have to uh, produce the, um, you know, a, a convincing and, and authentic feeling relic. What is the highest challenge that you face in that relicing process? Uh, hmm. Oh God, I guess just really just the final, final of it all of just getting that finish just to look right, you know, not too glossy, not too dull, right where it's just got that nice aged look. Cause a lot of, a lot of these vintage guitars that are beat to hell, there's still a shine to these things, you know, yeah. you'll see a lot of, you'll see a lot of these other guitars. I'd say probably still, if I, if I had to guess, I'd say the, one of the biggest challenges is knowing when to stop <laughs> yeah there's a, there's definitely a knowing when to stop it's very easy to get carried away with it because it's it could be very fun at the same time <laughs> right I'm know, gonna but get it's getting even. that you know just getting the finish to look right where it's just it's like i say not too glossy not too dull where it's right that perfectly aged sheen to it well uh, i'm gonna get a little bit more granular what gives you the biggest um i guess anxiety check before you do it speaking of check is it the the uh, I guess the uh, the the chipping or the checking? Uh, uh, chipping or checking? Checking or chipping? Uh, I, I'm a big fan of like the checking. You know, I mean, I think it looks there's something about it. You know, and th- that's super hard. I mean, it's all natural temperature controlled stuff. So sometimes you just got to just let it go where it's going to go. I mean. You you have an image on your on your homepage. It cycles through a couple that that become very very mesmerizing. I think we probably watched it. I don't know hundred hundred cycle through one times. million times. But <laughs> and you're like guitar guitar, and you're like yeah yeah yeah. And then there's this headstock, and you're just like, oh lord, look at that thing. I mean mm-hmm. that is incredible. It looks amazing. 
You know, and I've I've heard how guys try to achieve a certain. Um, I it's hard for me to describe this, but like a, a certain diameter or a certain grain of checking, like mm-hmm. it's got to be checking a certain way, a certain direction. Mm-hmm. And let's briefly just just really quick, let's talk about uh, on that note. Sure. Okay. Because I think that'll help inform this this response, Perfect. especially for the people who are listening. Can you explain sort of the the rundown of the different relicking nomenclature? So, what is checking? What is this the hockey uh, podcast? <laughs> <laughs> well, for, for, you know, so we got checking. You got chipping, crazing. You've got, right. you've got crazing. Uh, you've it's got a lot of mm, different things used for the same thing, right? And we have a lot of listeners who oh, may yeah. not be as familiar with Any some of, of these it. things that we're talking right. about. So, right. yeah, I mean, it's it basically the expanding and shrinking of the finish you know it just stretches and then shrinks back with hot and cold and through the years it's that finishes you know with lacquer goes back starting with old cars you know that's why they switched the finish because the, the hoods and the root roofs of the car would be all checked out and start to flake off so basically that's what it is and with wood it's even more because wood will contract expand more and stuff oh, yeah. so and that so the, check, the cracking. Yeah, there you go. So that's what I was looking. So, so the checking is essentially that cracks. The, the cracks in the actual finish in the lacquer uh, mm-hmm. that you see on really old guitars. That you know, if you don't know any better, you might think, yeah, that guitar is broken. It doesn't look. Right. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, like my dad had an old acoustic Gibson no acoustic, and he had a a piece of junk chipboard case. He'd leave the guitar overnight in his car, and mm-hmm. then. You know, over a short period of time, that it was a, a checked out, you know, it was crazy. Yeah, exactly. That's what it will do. And there's, you know, there are the different patterns. There's, you know, and a lot of that has to do with like the old Les Pauls, and especially the gold tops, you see the straight lines. Yeah. You know, but then there's some of those old ones where the, you know, the lines are vertical, you know, and I've looked at tons that are just some of it straight lines, and then some of the back's not straight lines, the top is, and I mean, why, why do you, what, what is the cause of that? I mean, cause I've seen the same thing. I mean, and sometimes mm-hmm. they go from, you know, E to E and sometimes they go from neck to bridge. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think that is just something, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if anybody would really be able to figure that out either that, I don't know if that's an East coast, West coast thing of where people live. If it's more hot and, or it's more cold all the time, I'm not really sure. Or it's the grain of the wood. I don't know. I've seen it happen on dozens of guitars and I see other people who do it. And sometimes theirs is always vertical and some of it's the other direction, you know? So mm-hmm. wild. Yeah, so, it is. It's interesting. How about uh, some of the other, I, I think uh, some of the other main standouts as far as relicking features go. Uh-huh. Uh, well, like the armware and stuff, you know, and so, just, and, and just dings. You know, there's a lot, there's a lot of pick wear, you know, and then a lot of like, there's a lot of case wear, as they call it, on the edges of like where the jack is uh-huh. and the upper horn on like, say, strats or something. And it's just from it touching that material and kind of rubbing if it's, you know, with people travel, whatever like that, touring and all that, you know, and it rubs against this material and just through the years, it'll just start burning through. It's just, it was again, lacquer and a lot of people, you know, they didn't do too thick of coats. Right. And then some of the chipping, um, 
Well, I, th- I find the chipping uh, or the, uh, maybe you can tell me what the, the actual term is because it may not be chipping because chipping could also mean like, oh, a giant flake of paint jumped off. But when right. you see that sort of um, uh, almost like uh, not, it's more severe than orange peel, but when you start seeing like the like divots that that are that are formed that come out mm-hmm. that, that aren't necessarily like flat chips is like that little w- dense yeah divots and dents and stuff like that what what typically causes that on a on a on a on a normally aged guitar um well again you know it could be someone who played with bracelets or um belt buckle you know, rash it, you know. If in certain areas on the back, the buckle rash. I mean, I've seen just some of these vintage guitars, you know, this is all kinds of different wear. I've seen some stuff and I'm like, how did that happen? It's like <laughs> gouges under the strings. I've seen gold tops. They're all over Instagram. There's some amazing photos of these vintage guitars, especially gold tops and juniors. And you're like, how that had to have been from playing. So everybody plays different. Everybody strums different. Some people strum harder, <clears throat> some softer. Um, I don't know, some tele, some tele and strat bake light guards and plastic guards, they burn right through the plastic to the next color or the bake lights got a groove in it. It's just, oh, yeah. just from their finger being there, just from holding the pick and having their finger under the, the high into string. stuff. I mean, carelessness. Mike, Mike Stan, damn it. Yeah. yeah. You know? Or in my, in my case, back when I was playing, it was depending on what the crowd was throwing at us to get us off oh the my stage. <laughs> my, my friend owns this. Uh, he's got this 70, 78 or so Les, uh, Les Paul Custom. It's, uh, cr- you know, it's white, but it's all creamed out. And the, the pickup rings and the bridge, all the hardware, the pick, not the pickup rings, but the covers are completely the, the edges are just gone. You could see right through to the bobbins and all that. Wow. And the guy was the one owner who owned it. And he was the guitar player on a cruise ship and he played it every night for decades. Wow. And it went to a, you know, used guitar shop. My buddy bought it. So you look at it and you hear that story and you look at it and you go, yeah, the guy played on a cruise ship every night. <laughs> and it's like, him. that's, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's probably, probably stored it on the boat when he went home or whatever. And then went back to the boat when he was working and through all those years, it's, I've never seen, I've, I've even sent photos to uh, some pickup guys and they've never even seen something like this. There's it's incredible. Nothing, there's nothing better than that green oxidation on, mm-hmm. on the gold tops and, and on gold pickup covers too. Oh, I love I just, that. It the yeah, it's so hard to relic that. It it's hard, you know. Diff- that's all that's all from like sweat, I think, yep. too. It's just the salt and when guys know, ask and, for, hey, I want aged gold, I said, I will get it started for you, but trust me, all you have to do is play it and don't wipe the pickup covers off. No, you gotta go yeah. to the hunting store and get deer urine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, you I got right? Just get whatever some get some fifty year old uh, celluloid that's already nope. decomposing and throw it in a case with those Acidic things. Acidic sweat yeah. from your hands is all you need. Yeah. <laughs> Same for nickel. Um yeah. Now, for those uh, who are who have seen relics, and I think it's safe to say that there's probably more unconvincing relics than there are convincing relics out there in the world, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of a bummer because it gives somebody that who's doing really, really good work like you are, um, you know, kind of casts a shadow on that a little bit. Uh, 
if you if you're in the know, then you know. But if you don't, and you, you can you could you know go that route. But you know, we're looking at an image right now that we have up on the screen under your gallery of a gold top, but the detail is on the knobs and mm-hmm. on the on the uh, input jack. And I, I the amount of thought and de- that's going into what you're doing is like you not only have the bot, you know, it's like the body is like kind of like a, a no brainer, like relic the body, but the, the under area of the knobs have been, um, greened. Right. Um, the screws on the, your input jack, like every little nuance is, mm-hmm. is taken into consideration. And, to me, that's 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 where like this jumps into the the extra special kind of thing where you're like, wow, I I wouldn't have even a thought that this would even incurred where because most people just don't think about that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just it's these are beautiful things to look at. Um, I'm I'm just really excited that you are out there doing that. And um, if you do want to trade a really nicely worn Explorer for some, <laughs> oh God, here he I'm going to keep doing that. I did that on the last again. Oh dear God, <laughs> there's guitars that I want and need, and I have to move the, the ones that I told you. Yeah, you got to keep on, you know, you know. Someone will say yes at one point. That's I how it see, works. That's that's there there. That's the attitude I like. <laughs> yeah, uh, man, that's awesome. So okay, here's here's the toughest question. All right, this is the uh, mm-hmm. which which uh, which kid do you leave at home? Uh, but it, the, no, that's not the question. Of the, <laughs> that's, I was trying to go. I was anyways. Leave them all at home. <laughs> three lefts to make it right. Okay, you Most have to, you have to pick one of your models. All right. Mm-hmm. You got to pick one. It's, it's, there's, there's something happening and you got to grab one and run. Mm-hmm. What do you choose? Grab one and run. Where am I running to? Anywhere. <laughs> uh, the, the, the getaway. Car. Right. <laughs> the bat cave. Yeah. Yep. Oh man. I'd probably grab a Thunders model. Single oh. pickup P90. Just, you know. Simplicity. Don't just any of them. There's gotta be mm-hmm. one. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. I would just pick. Oh, you would have to pick the color and all that. Like which one? There's like twenty colors there, and I picked just a double cut, single dog ear, TV yellow. Doesn't Boom. get any better than that. Okay. Yeah, Boris, get to the course. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, what's your what's your latest favorite uh, pickup configuration? I noticed you use a, a bunch of different models, some gold foils, and yeah, but using obviously. A- yeah, there's a lot of different options to use, you know. I mean, I'm a big Filtertron fan. Yeah. Cool. You know, I like, I'm a big, just clean, dirty is the tone that I love. Um, so that would be something, just a, you know, like a Filtertron in the bridge and uh, and just like a humbucker in the neck if it was like a, you know, heartbreaker mm-hmm. carved off one. But uh, uh, configurations, I don't know, it's just... Again, I probably just go back to just the basics, you know, for my personal self, you know, just for me. I love Very a lot cool. of the different stuff. It looks cool and it's always out of the box and makes it different, you know. But I'm still, for my own personal thing, I'm still just so stuck in the stuff I grew up on that um, and it's thing so wrong simple. With that. Yeah, I'm just, I'm pretty simple when it comes to what I do playing wise, you know. It's just, uh, my life of playing has always been in a band that wrote songs. And so it's always kind of like a, a sound and a style. And I did what I did as my role. 
that was like the first 15 years of my life, like from high school, out of high school on. So what, what is to, your, what is your answer to some of the players out there who say you can't intonate a wraparound tailpiece bridge? <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and you can't, you know, you can, you can, you know, you but then close. again, I, I basically go, well, then go tell, you know, Mick Ralphs and Jimmy Page and <laughs> Joe Perry, all those guys, why their records sound so great. Because if you listen to some of those old records, there's there's a beauty to something being not perfect. Well, I mean, um, that goes to the whole d- the model of of distortion. A perfect yeah. distortion sounds what is perfect wrong. Yeah, mm. yeah. you know, yeah. it when when you're getting something that's naturally distorted, right? There's something that's just I- incredible sounding about mm. that because it's imperfect. Yeah. yeah, it could be. You know, it depends what you're playing. Like if you if you in the if you have it. If you're in the the best world, you have a guitar for what style stuff you're doing if you're playing live, you know? So if you get a wraparound, you could just have that guitar for that song where you know that G string's not going to drive you nuts. Yeah. Um, so but, you probably don't have any fan fret models coming out soon? No, no. <laughs> uh, I, okay, so I got a, I got a question for you. So um, you, you've obviously done, we've we talked about homage guitars is there one that you are really, really would love to do that you haven't yet? Um, I got some ideas of some stuff. Nothing really uh, concrete yet. Like that black heart model. I'm so, you know, again, stuck on such old school stuff. But a couple ideas on stuff, but nothing's, nothing's taken shape yet. How about a double neck? <laughs> the double neck. Yeah, right. Like, like one that... Uh... You know, old Jimmy guy that plays. Actually, there's two. There's the white double neck and then the red double neck. Are you talking about the double neck one on each side out for Michelangelo? Yeah, exactly. I was going to say that. Let's go with that. The Michelangelo one. Yeah. We'll do a beat up. We'll do a double cut Michelangelo models. All right. So I'm going to pose a question. I'm going to get us out of this one real quick. So, all right. To the knobs. Uh, the question that I just heard um, Billy ask each of us in his head was, uh, <laughs> so we're looking at the uh, the instrument the instruments uh, page on on the Rock and Roll Relics dot net website, and mm-hmm. you got to pick one, Jared. Um, I am definitely going to go with the uh, fifty two model. That's what I'm going for right there. All right. I like so the, the fifty-two I like the model. Mini humbucker Describe the Les fifty-two Paul. model for those who. Well, it's it's got a darker burst on it, and the burst is so it's a Les Paul. It's a Les Paul style. It's got the darker burst finish on it. It's got the mini humbuckers, and uh, mm. I'm not sure whose pickups. I don't. I don't care, and I. <laughs> And I like the knob. So I mean, okay. that's just a great looking. Uh, that's something I don't have in my collection right now so that's because it's a darker burst it, and the and the minis that's right i right. i had a actually i had a gold top with minis i had an early 70s oh, uh, original at one time and it had the green oxidation and you got rid of it and all that yeah i sold it to a buddy who still has it and he won't sell it back to me jeez that's not awesome. that's not a buddy <laughs> tony what are you going with i'm with billy give me a thunders straight up that's Which thunders? Nice. There's, there's the basic like six of them. Give me the basic thunders double thunders cut model junior. I don't even need the Chinese rocks. Although I would like to. Have you ever found any uh, the? Uh, 
don't know, is it the the Holy Mother uh, sticker that he that's it, it resides on it now uh, at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Do you know what I'm talking about? I know exactly. You know why? Because that is no longer in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. A good friend of mine is actually runs the estate for Johnny Thunders along with his nephew, Danny. And we are all working on doing a limited run of that one. And so I've played that one. I've taken pictures of that one. That's in an, that's somewhere in Los Angeles right now, my friend's office. You and played so we that? replicated the actual one office pick guard. We scanned it. Oh wow! And I have I have versions of that that uh, with the wear and everything. Well, we that just answers it. my question. Wow. Yeah. Now, would you trade for an explorer? Right. <laughs> <laughs> How about two of them? Yeah. Oh man, that guitar is incredible looking, man. Oh, man. You talk about aged guitar that is just. I mean, pieces of the wood is like you could like flick your nail and pull a chunk off. It's wow. just like, <laughs> I mean, it's got glue on top of it, like clumps of glue. It's just incredible. Yeah. That was a true incredible. guitar. That's uh, yeah. so that, that was my choice. That's what I'm going. Okay. Well, actually yeah. I'm, I'm going with the limited edition with the proper, uh, Holy mother. Yeah. Uh, right. Gotcha. I, uh, just, you know, I don't want to let that just slip away. The importance of that. I mean, I mean, I, I, I like, thunders as much as the next cat but you obviously have a greater probably an elevated uh affinity for it that would probably be like me like getting to play strummers telly mm-hmm. yeah like, well, that, that must would, have been would, pretty incredible that would flip me out too. play strummers telly because uh. i can talk hours about that too <laughs> <laughs> that's and the actually one if thing. you're a if you're a clash fan oh dude i'm, I'm actually fan. okay well you know the song rudy can't fail right I, I mean, of course i have well, a clash tribute band and I oh, okay. That. Well, Rudy lives in San Francisco and he's a friend of mine. I befriended him not too long ago and he used to s- score them pot. Can we say that? Yeah. Um, way back in the day because they recorded, give him enough rope in San Francisco yep. or parts of it. And they, be- he became friends with these guys back then. And that song is written about Rudy can't fail. This no is written about him. He's Rudy. His name's Rudy. And That's he's amazing. got stories for days about the clash. Wow. That's awesome. Insane. Yeah, we get, we get the horn players and everything in on the on the. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, that's that's, really that's cool. not easy stuff to to to. No, you know it's sure play. Fun, <laughs> that's like that's deep stuff, man. Yeah. That is one of the greatest bands of all time. Agreed, Toddley. What is your choice? Well, I mean, it's it's. I love the I love the Thunders, but because I have I I have a double cut. I'm 100 percent going with a the Heavy Relic Black Heart double cut. Man, oh man, that looks amazing. Uh, And that's the one, if if anybody's looking, that's the one. He's got this picture recycling on the actual homepage. Just about ate the microphone when I saw it. (laughs) Yeah, that's Uh, a fun guitar, man. It really is. So cool looking. Super light, and it just... That, that, that's one of my favorite ones right now. Too. Yeah. And there's something about it. Just, well, there's, you know, it, it has, it's, uh, it's like a crisscross between a melody maker and a Sonex. Yeah. Yeah. It well, is. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, it's a melody maker. Well, I, but it's got the son. Melody makers didn't have that, that, that particular pig guard on it. Jones did. Hey man, it's a black heart. Yeah. Yeah. Joan Jett did, but she, you know, that was all routed out. In oh James, yeah. I'm I sure guess. it's probably but, hollow underneath. Cause that was, uh, that was, what's his name? Uh, Eric Carmen. That was his before she, he gave it to her. Really? Yeah, okay. this, Eric yeah. Carmen from, uh, uh, from the, the raspberries. raspberries. Yeah. 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 You no could kidding. look up photos. You'll see it used to be Pelham blue. 
Oh my God. And he's the no one idea. who can, he converted that to humbuckers and everything. Yeah. Huh. I'm pretty sure. I that, learned something sure that's today. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. The I'm pretty sure that's the story. doesn't know much, huh? Tony. Yeah. I could be quite the <laughs> rock and roll geek too. So <laughs> I'm uh, awesome, man. Well, I just, I absolutely love these. I'm so glad you're doing it. You, you you absolutely kill these things, and someday I hope to get my hands on one. Thank you I, so much for doing that for the rest of the guitar world as well. Yeah, I hope to get one too someday. I always tell people that. <laughs> uh, Jared. Well, fellas, it's time for Would You Rather? This week's Would You Rather. <laughs> what? What was You're that? Such a nutbag. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay, just enjoy it, guys. Sit back and relax because today you get to choose between two awesome, radical, gnarly guitars. And that is number one would you rather have a dime bag Daryl from hell, the lightning type finish, or would you rather have a BC Rich Warlock? Now, the Warlock has. Uh, four crazy pointy <laughs> points it's like and uh, offset point from hell. Yeah, it's they're it's eighties esque. I mean, it's totally. heavy metal. Mm-hmm. You know, you can kill somebody with this thing. And the uh, you're gonna the first thing you're gonna do is gonna play looks a kill on that right like, immediately. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so you you gotta choose A or B, man. It's you know no funny scenario, just one or the other. Of all the guitars that we've chosen that require a funny scenario, these do. Okay. But you didn't have one. Well, how about this? You have okay. to join an 80s band, and you have to wear a crazy wig, and you have... <laughs> and, right? And you have to choose uh, okay. from one of these guitars to perform with. Okay. Okay. Well, that sets the scene a little bit. Thank right. you. Okay. Yeah, I mean... The dime bag wasn't really not really eighties guy, so, yeah, but, but, his guitar, but you're doing eighties yeah. nineties. His yeah. guitar passes eighties nineties. Yeah, yeah. 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 He passes. was an eighties. He was a fan of the eighties yeah. stuff. Yep. Yeah. Hence the guitar. Yes. Yes. Hence. Especially with the Dean. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the Tony Dean man. Oh God, you have to pick me first, huh? <laughs> oh my God. I, I quite honestly, I wouldn't have either. But come on, if I have to choose, you must. I'm going with the BC Rich, oh. only because they're you know the some of those guitars are. I mean, I, if I if I could get a uh, an early one, an early one, yeah, maybe a BC Rico when it's still still said Rico on the headstock, mm. uh, that would be kind of cool. But yeah, I, I'm not a fan of either one, but. If I had to choose. Well, that's why it's funny. Do, do, do they both come with the original hard shell case? Of course they do. <laughs> <laughs> They're both really super heavy. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. All right. That's what I'm going with, Jared. You know, I'm going to go with the Dimebag Daryl because uh, I had a BC Rich Warlock at one time. It was the black one with the crazy white lightning all over it, like nutty. Mm. It was it was a scene, man. I mean, it was <laughs> It was. It was crazy. It was, scene, it was man. It was just craziness. Yeah. All right. Uh, so I'm going to go with the Dimebag Daryl. Okay. Uh, Billy, what are you doing? Uh, I will go with the Warlock, man, because I 
was part of that 80s rock scene and i go. saw all those guys in the clubs playing those things and the one <laughs> the one guy i remember i think was randy piper from wasp the original guitar player i believe he played a warlock i oh, think yeah. but i i think i think that's what blackie lawless played the va- uh, bass version if i'm not so you saw you probably saw the old when guild came out with that crazy line of things for the for the for the hair bands do you remember seeing those out there i don't maybe they're the the real super guild yeah guild had these super pointy crazy crazy guitars i gotta look if i saw a picture of it i'm sure i remember oh yeah Mm. I think it was. I mean the dime bag stuff was great too i mean the dean and all that i grew up on the dean stuff when it was when uh Craig Chiquico and uh, Nancy Wilson were playing them from Hart and Elliot Easton and <laughs> back in those days, you know. Yeah. Rick Ocasek played a Cadillac for a little bit. I yes. Believe. He, yeah. was, he was a Cadillac guy. As well yeah. as the Sonics, I believe, as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. He might have. Mm-hmm. When he was um, I'm going with the Warlock 2, but I want a bright red uh, pinstripe on it. <laughs> okay. I could see that. Yeah, and a super a wide strap so that a you can Mick save Mars. your they shoulder. Had the, okay. They had the black with pyramid with the, studs. With the red. So Mick Mars had the one with the pinstripe. Yeah, those are actually pretty cool looking. Yeah, man. Why not? Yeah. Why not? Right? Yeah. Go, go Good for times. it. Good times. Go home. Yeah, you're gonna go. Exactly. You gotta go all the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, man, oh man, this has been super fun talking to you. Um, we got a couple things uh, to deal with to get out of here. Um, cool. Uh, Tony. Yes. Do you I, have something? I'm going to make this short and sweet Thank because you. we're running long. Yes. Talking about guitars and such. Yep. So there is this little benefit to becoming a Patreon executive producer. You can join up for as little as a dollar up to, you know, the sky's the limit. 10 or 20 bucks. <laughs> One, 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 five, ten, twenty. Speed it up, buddy. Okay, geez. He's always rushing me. He's always rushing me. I know. So at the $10 level, we call that our executive producer level. And one of the benefits, in addition to a numerous fun things like T-shirts and picks and stickers and knobs and things like that, is... You get to have your name read on the thing. And that's what Tony's going to do right now. I'm going to read this right now. Uh, I'm going to go from old, newest to oldest. Sure, do it. Let's do okay. it. Okay. So... Thanks. A big, 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 big thank you to Doug Christ, uh, Zach J. Wright, Gary Goodman, Darren Gregory, Robert Marfleet, John Anglin, Chris Kearney, Sean <laughs> Oliver Gonzalez, John Daly, Robin Smith, Derek Fitzer, Pete Marshall, Carlos Mancha, Matt Brammer, David Wolfson, Martin Cliff, and of course, Tom Barazin. Thank, Thank you, you, Tony. And Thank make you. sure you guys visit the Guitar Knobs, uh, the Guitar Knobs. Patreon.com <laughs> forward slash the Guitar Knobs. <laughs> Thank you. And find out all the details. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, it, 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 it cannot be stated enough. This helps our show out so much. We truly, truly appreciate it. We appreciate you as the audience, whether you are uh, contributing to that or not. Um, please uh, be sure to drop us notes and stuff. Uh, Billy, where can people find your stuff? Rockandrollrelics.net. Um, and then, you know, of course, the Instagram, which is R&R Relics. And One of the Facebook. best Instagrams out there. I'm just going to go ahead on record and say that. Wow. Oh, that's good. Thanks. I try to keep it up. It's quite a job trying to keep that stuff up. It sure is. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's like, 
Oof. Yeah. The new, it's the new, awesome. uh, new magazine is Instagram. And, and you have, uh, I, I would assume that you're going to have some new models coming out and maybe the, towards the end this year. Is that safe to say? Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll, we're working on some ideas, you know, it probably won't be till, you know, winter NAM next year, but we'll see. That's might cool. Be. Cool. Will you be at summer NAM this year? No, nah, I haven't done summer NAM yet. I'd like to go and I'd like to do it, but you know, that's... you just walk around with us. <laughs> yeah i mean we, we've, we've, we've thought got a about house it. in nashville yeah. come on down we're do gonna it. party on yeah i mean it would be great nashville's fun i know a lot of people there but uh you know tim and i from milkman sound you know we do winter nam and share the booth for the last few years and, and johnny yeah. from daredevil but uh for us it's just too far and just uh that's a heck of a booth yeah. Jeez louise yeah it's pretty fun i gotta get milkman on here too yeah, um, Tim would be uh give him a holler, a will you? And, and I'll and I'll shoot him a note. Yeah, I'll let him know for sure. He's uh, he's he's doing great. Uh Tony, how about you? Yes, yeah, so if you're looking for a custom pick guard or pick guards or whatever, I mean we can do everything from stuff that's made with plastic. Stuff that's made with plastic. Super and elastic bubble plastic. And it looks real good. <laughs> and uh you can just uh, visit uh, the website. It's probably the easiest way. It's pickguardian.com. Mm-hmm. Uh also involved in many of the other social media, mm-hmm. including Instagram mm-hmm. and uh Facebook. Mm-hmm. Best to email you. Best to email me. Yeah. Cool. Jared. <laughs> yeah, so uh we build boutique pickups new and vintage uh replacement or new builds whatever you whatever you need there we also do rewinds at a low cost and with a fast turnaround you can get a hold of me at jared j-a-r-e-d at brandonwildpickups.com or shoot me a message through the facebook page or instagram brandonwild pickups Cool. Thank you. You can reach me by sending me an email at Todd at the guitar knobs.com and shouting out to us on the Facebook group. We greatly appreciate you guys. We hope you have an awesome guitar week. We hope to talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Billy Rowe and rock and roll relics. Subscribe. (laughs) I am the man. Okay. Well, that's it for these knobs please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. Visit our website at theguitarknobs.com for all of our past episodes, four on the floor blog, and other good stuff. You can connect with us on social too at our Facebook page and share your gear and stories on our Facebook group. Also be sure to check out our Instagram at guitar knobs. Catch you next time.